0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad to have you join us on the air, listening on the radio or online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. In Aurora, Colorado, and have the privilege of hosting today's program live from the studios of Grace FM radio network up and down the Front Range of Colorado, up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, up into portions of Nebraska, down south almost into Pueblo and all places in between. Welcome. We're also coming to you on the Radio by Grace network and uh, quite a few stations on quite a few states. We're also on the Hope FM radio network and the Truth FM radio network and Higher Rock Radio in Meridian, Idaho. Welcome, everyone, listening online around the country, around the world. always want to mention the stadium, uh, the stations. I always want to mention uh, the station names because uh, we're partnering with them, and they're good friends of ours, and we're grateful to be a part of what God's doing in your community. The way the show works is we talk about the things pertaining to life and godliness, and we use the Bible as our final authority to answer questions, and we do our best to answer as many questions as we can, giving God a chance to minister directly to our hearts, being built up in the faith. Uh, It's not a show for argumentation, so not the right show to call into. It's not the show... To talk about endlessly things that people disagree with and you know wrestle with uh, you know just to argue, but we we do pray for one another. We answer Bible questions for sure, uh, but it's more pastoral. You know, part of what we were thinking when we started this uh, radio station and subsequently this program was that we would um, be take the pastor outside of the pulpit, and then you have access to talk to a pastor, not a counseling session, but prayer, uh, opportunity to have people pray for you, uh, maybe a, a Bible question that's been lingering or something you read or something you heard in a Bible study recently, That those types of things, and the Lord has used it greatly, and we're so thankful to be a very small part of the huge work that God is doing in your life. So give me a call, 303 690 303-690-3000. We'll go right to the phone lines. Tom is in Greeley, Colorado. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Pastor Ed. How you doing?
3: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good. Um, my question is, the, the Bible tells us to be absent of the body is to be in the presence of God. Yes. So we're going to be in heaven. Yes. Why do we care if our body gets resurrected?
3: No, that's a great question. When you, when you say in relationship, what would, if, if by what you mean is, because you could take your question a couple different ways, right? If by what you mean is, what difference does it make whether we have a resurrected body or not, in the, since we're already in the presence of the Lord? That's one way to look at it. And then another way to look at it is, what would it enhance? You know, At what point would it enhance us if we're already in the presence of the Lord? How much, how much better can it get? Uh, so let's say, first of all, um, how much better can it get? Anything that God has for us, we want. And so okay. He promises the resurrection, we want it. So that's a, setting that aside kind of on the preferences, I think a greater question is, what's the big deal about the resurrection? What, what is it—why um, do we care about the resurrection? And we care about the resurrection because it is a promise of God. It is, according to— 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is an essential component of the gospel. As a matter of fact, Paul says it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. And so a physical resurrection a reuniting of the soul and the spirit with a resurrected body is an essential component of the gospel, and it you you could say that it seals um, the reality of of the gospel. And why we would care about it is because Jesus said, uh, you know, the Bible teaches us that the resurrection is an essential component of the gospel, and we want to follow through with the be following in our Master's footsteps, who the Bible describes as the first fruits of the resurrection. So, if we are going to be transformed into His, in, his image, then the fullness and the consummation of that of that full um, transformation is being reunited in a resurrected body.
0: Okay, so uh, you may or may not be able to answer this. <laughs> we we will be. And a spiritual will just be in our spirit will be in heaven, but then our body and our spirit will reconnect.
3: Yeah that's an interesting question because there's a lot of debate about that whether when you get your resurrected body, how that works exactly uh, because the you know the example of Jesus is that he had his resurrected body immediately and that's how he ascended into heaven. However, remember the body, the function of the body both physical you know pre-resurrection and post-resurrection is a direct relation to an existence on earth and i believe the resurrected body will have a direct relation to the new heaven and the new earth whereas jesus was resurrected in his relational capacity in in his body obviously to show his wounds right to validate it was really him, and to interact with people in the physical realm. So I think that there's a component of the resurrected body that will help us interact uh, and you know live out the fullness of our life on the new earth. Okay. So how we are in the presence of the Lord? You know, some people say you get your body right away, and that's how you're in the presence of the Lord. Others say there's an existence that happens. In relation to being in the presence of God, that there's no need for a resurrected body until the new heavens and the new earth. Um, either way, we're going to be, like you said in the original in the original part, we're going to be the the functionality of how we're going to be can be debatable on different passages, but the reality that we will be is non negotiable, non debatable.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm... I'm not too concerned about what's going to happen after I get there. I just want to make sure I get there.
3: <laughs> well, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, what He's begun in you, He's faithful to complete it. Yep. You can be assured of that.
0: Yep, I agree 100%.
3: Okay, brother. God bless you.
0: Okay, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. bye
3: bye you can text me as well, we have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. We have one open line if you want to call me, 303-690-3000. Let's go back to the phone lines, and we're going to stay in Colorado here, Arvada. Christopher, welcome to the program.
4: Hey, thank you for taking my call, Pastor Ed, it's uh, great to hear from you today.
3: You're welcome, what's going on?
4: Hey, um, there's a lot of talk in the past couple of years, and I have family members who um, don't really follow the Bible and Jesus, but they've been talking to me a lot about this human ascension. And like the 3D is the physical realm, the 5D is like spiritual. Um, what is your take, or what does the Bible say about living at a higher vibration? or a higher self, um, yeah, is it, is it possible that we as humans have been programmed to forget or put aside certain abilities, and the last couple of years people are realizing this and waking up?
3: No. That, that what you just described, not only has no biblical basis, but it's a humanistic way of making man the center of everything— and the focus of man is to be his better self than his best self. And he can ascend, you know, according to what you're describing. I've never heard it put the way you just put it. So I'm just responding to what I heard you say. But the idea that man is the center of the universe and the highest end of man is to be his best self, that is contradictory to the teachings of Jesus. Uh, the teachings of Jesus say that Jesus himself is the perfect man, there is no one perfect other than Jesus, God in human flesh, that you and I have have had to pay the price for our sinful condition. Uh, and certainly sin has made us lower than what our potential is, but our potential isn't measured by 4D, 5D, all of those types of things. Our potential is made by our relationship to Jesus Christ, that our mind is being transformed, that we are growing in grace, that the end goal for you and me is to be consumed in the full restoration of all things, Jesus said. The restoration of all things is very, very important, and he is actively working in that. Now it says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, the Bible says, "'Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins might be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord.'" That he might send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the restoration of all things which God spoken by a mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And so the things that your family's into, the things that they're studying, have absolutely no basis in reality as reality is defined by our Creator. Um, our end, the end goal for you and I, or for every human, is to repent of our sins come into the fullness of rest of restoration in relationship with God, our creator through his son, Jesus Christ. And not only are we in the moment, a new creation in Christ, but also being transformed by the renewing of our mind day by day until we spend eternity with him outside of these human bodies and inside of our new resurrected bodies.
4: Okay. I got that. Um, Along the same lines, um, also, people talk a lot about chakras, um, which is like, I've always thought it was associated with New Age stuff, too. I'm a Christian. Sure. But it seems to be coming up more and more. Can you address that? Is there any physical evidence or uh, studies done on chakras? Is that a real thing?
3: Well, you know, when you think of a chakra, you want to remember that the word chakra describes one element of a highly complex system of thought that's related to people very similar to what you said previously, that the within Eastern mysticism and yoga chakra is like a point that you can access some kind of energy that will then bring you to a higher level of consciousness. Um, this is, um, in relationship to Jesus has absolutely no basis in reality it is a false teaching from a false religion okay <laughs> I think that as you're hearing it more and more you you would probably want to find out what sort you know like where are you hearing it because it's a foreign concept to the scriptures. it's certainly not foreign to Eastern mysticism and within yoga um, you know Hindus Buddhists, etc um, but it's a real foreign concept to the Scriptures. The Scriptures are silent on such things uh, in relationship to the way they're taught in the world today. You know, the the reality of Eastern mysticism is not connection to the greater divine. That That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches is that we have one creator who created all things, including you and me, and the highest level of... Of of life that you and I can live is to be in full relationship with Him.
4: Right, right. I, I've been a believer since about 2012. Yes, um, and I was raised around Christianity. I go to a great church. I go to Bible studies and stuff. But I'll Good. tell you, in the past couple of years, it's just been—I've just been bombarded with family members and their beliefs, and you know, I'm asking and questioning a lot of things. I feel as a Christian sometimes prayer is like, not enough in our lives. And I just feel like there's maybe something more that we're supposed to be doing as a church.
3: I I think that there is something. I I mean, I I think it's important that we don't minimize prayer, right? I I, I agree with you if what you mean is, hey, some some Christians just cop out and say, I'll pray for you and never do anything practical, right? James even says that. He says, faith without works is dead." dead. And you're right. Our faith will lead... To activity it will lead to being involved in people's lives it will lead to all all sorts of faith filled responses um, However, I would also say though that there isn't anything more because sometimes we'll go through seasons where you know, it seems like everyone's having this experience and everyone's doing their chakra thing and they're all involved in the 5D living and all this kind of stuff it can easily make us make us feel, make some Christians feel like, well, I must be living some substandard life because I don't really feel that or go that or do that. And, it, and it's like the enemy masquerading himself as an angel of light and saying, no, what you have in Christ is not enough. Faith is not enough. Uh, Good deeds are not enough. Like living life by faith in Christ is not enough. You have to try these other things. And there is no other. You have, you have, the, the Bible says that we have all that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything. There's nothing lacking in Christ. We have it all. It's those that are chasing after chakras and Eastern mysticism and Buddhism. They're the ones that lack, not the believer.
4: Thank you. That's really encouraging.
3: Thanks for calling, my brother. Bye-bye. Have a good day. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're heading over to Lexington, Kentucky. Jacob, welcome to the program. Hey,
4: thank Thank you, sir. How are you?
3: Hey, you're welcome. You're on the air.
4: Awesome. So my question uh, relates to the unpardonable thing. Like you ask 20 people, you get 20 different answers. Um, When I studied it, it said whoever speaks against the Son of Man it shall be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shouldn't be forgiven. And when I read the parallel passage in Mark uh, 3.30, um, it said because they were saying he had the unclean spirit. Most of the time when I ask the question, people say, oh, it's a heart and a heart. But it it says whoever speaks, and because they were saying so what exactly is an unpardonable sin? And maybe you can help me clarify that,
3: please. Yeah, I think, you know, we're having a lot of problems with your phone, um, so we're going to put you on hold, and then you can hear the answer on the phone. So don't hang up, okay?
1: Okay.
3: All right. So the unpardonable sin is a, is a common question, uh, and many churches and religious systems have defined it um, in ways that really the Bible doesn't define it. For example... Um, some would refer to divorce as the unpardonable sin, and that's not true. Some would refer to suicide as the unpardonable sin, and that's not true. And on and on the list goes. It's very clear from Jesus teaching both in Mark chapter 3, Matthew chapter 12, that the unpardonable sin that's unforgivable is unique. It will never be forgiven, it is unforgivable. And he describes it as the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But the context of understanding what this blasphemy really is includes attributing the works of God to the devil, to Beelzebub. And really, there is a resistance to the work of God that is lived out in a blasphemous way where a person will not accept the work of God. Jesus describes it for the unbeliever, the uh, religious rulers that were in front of him in the moment and then by extension to us today. And so I believe that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the wholesale rejection of Jesus Christ. That is unforgivable. You will not receive the forgiveness of your sins apart from Jesus. And it is unforgivable uh, that you would attribute the work of God in His conviction of your sins, that you would attribute the work of God in Him drawing you to Himself, by resisting and rejecting. That is unforgivable. A person that dies in their sins will spend eternity apart from Jesus Christ, and there is no forgiveness for dying in rebellion. Now, there is forgiveness for rebellion, for resistance that has been repented from while you're alive, so that's not the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is to die in an unregenerate rejection of Jesus Christ that is unforgivable. You you have salve- like according to John 14 there's salvation no other. He's the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through him. So by rejecting Jesus you can't come to the father because you can only come through him. And that's unforgivable. And what the Pharisees had, you know the the reality of the Pharisees what was happening there um, you know, it's, it's a, that was a unique situation, but by taking that situation and—because we can't be in the presence of Jesus today, right, physically, we can't duplicate that—but the principle can be duplicated where you die in a place of rejection. All right. Appreciate your call. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We have wide-open lines. Excuse me. So if you're listening on Grace FM, give me a call. Radio by Grace Network, give me a call. Uh, you, we're live right now. Uh, if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, give me a call. Um, although you're hearing this one week delayed, when you call the program, you're going to talk to the live host, and then you get to listen next week on your station to hear yourself on the radio. Um, so here's the number, 303-690-3000, 303 303- 6903000 is the number. We're taking your calls and taking your questions, I'm remaining open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. My name is Ed Taylor. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Last time I was on the program, we did a, a real lightning round of Thanksgiving. So I thank you guys all for participating in that. We had a wonderful banner service. I saw a service years ago. The Calvary Chapel in Albuquerque, with Pastor Skip Heitzig did, where they made banners and marched around the sanctuary, and I'm like, man, that is such a great idea. Um, and so we did. We do something similar here, where we all bring our banners, but rather than march through the sanctuary, we just come up to the stage, we show everybody our banner, we celebrate together, uh, get a quick picture, and then we go downstairs. Uh, our sanctuary's upstairs, and we have fellowship downstairs. And we go downstairs to share some pie together and fellowship and just start the holidays uh, with an acknowledgement of the priority of Jesus. We had a great Thanksgiving, Um, just so encouraging, so wonderful to know that the Lord loves us and we have so much uh, to be thankful for. Uh, And I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I know that holidays can be very, very hard. For many of us, because of grief and sorrow and difficulties, but even in the hard difficulties, the Lord is faithful, and He loves us, and He's going to get you through it. You are getting through it right now by the grace of God. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. You can always text me. We fill the airways with the text questions and prayer requests, 720-336-0897. Going to Platteville now. John is on line one. John, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I got a quick question
2: for you. All right. Um, so I've been I've been on YouTube and I've noticed that like there's people who say that they have been you know they, they went to hell first and then they ha- they went to heaven and then they seen God and then they you know come back and they give their testimony. Um, I know that the Bible teaches that that no one uh, has went to heaven and seen his face and lived.
3: And I just wanted a clarification. Um, is it is it accurate or... Um, yeah, I'm just kind of confused on
2: whether to fully believe their their testimony or not. I don't want to downplay, you know, the, the work of God at all. I'm just uh, kind of confused.
3: No, I would discount their testimony and count it as false, every single one of them. Um, anyone that says they went to heaven or even went to hell... Uh, I don't even, there's no example in the scriptures of that at all, someone going to hell and coming back to talking about it. And the only example that we really have of someone being given the opportunity to have a heavenly, I mean, there's a couple examples, Isaiah in Isaiah chapter one, uh, he was given a vision and a presence, I guess guess a few, but the most popular one is Paul in second Corinthians where he was able to uh, have a, a heavenly visitation. But remember, it was so glorious in heaven that he couldn't share it. So all these guys and gals um, on YouTube are just trying to build a following. I don't believe them. Um, I don't believe their testimonies. I I think it's all false. Um, It's not true. And I I don't believe them at all, number one. Number two, the idea that a near-death experience can happen, I don't discount that at all. I don't discount that There could be something happening uh, when a person's unconscious or something happening in their mind. I don't believe that their soul is going to leave their body to go visit somewhere, but the idea that something physiological could be happening with a person that's in a coma. For example, like when my son was in a coma, um, there were those that treated him like he was not alive, but we knew he was alive, and we knew that he could hear, and we know that he can interact. He even squeezed our hands at times, uh, and so like there's certainly... Of someone that's not able to articulate, like like my son was in the ICU for many for many weeks. Uh, there are many people in the ICU right now that aren't able to um, articulate or communicate with us right now in the normal way, but they are fully alive. and And studies have shown that they can hear and interact, even though they can't respond like they used to respond. They can respond. So the idea of a, an experience of someone that was close to death. Uh, and, you know, was in some type of comatose state or something like that. Absolutely things happen there. You bet, 100%. But the idea that you go to heaven and hell and come back with some fanciful testimony, nonsense.
2: I agree. I agree. Thank you for clarifying.
3: Appreciate your question. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye I think that was one of the more discouraging times when— uh, Marie and I and Josh and Caitlin were around the bedside of our son. There were literally people um, that treated him like he was dead, and he wasn't. He was fully alive till his last breath. And you know, we—I we, think it's important that we take a biblical response and model to things um, rather than taking things in our own hands and making decisions that simply aren't true. Um, that that someone in a different state. Like right now, I just pray. I'm going to pray right now for those of you that have loved ones that are in the ICU, um, that maybe people have given up or made ungodly or unbiblical or fearful decisions, and that God would restore hope, and that when when you get to visit and you get to hold their hand— You get to pray with them. You get to talk with them. You get to play music. And like that, you realize that you're interacting with a human being. And just because they're unable to respond or react doesn't in any way mean that they're not alive. So, Father, I pray for those today that have these long-term challenges in ICU. I know there are people right now uh, listening that are waiting for their loved ones to wake up. And I pray you would rekindle and and re Um, ignite hope when there are those around that would want to extinguish hope or just go on with their life as if nothing ever happened, you know. And I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would give great strength and great comfort and great hope. And I also know, Lord, that there will be those that don't wake up, uh, that despite our hopes and despite our desires, um, that your perfect will was for them to be taken home to be with you. Um, But Lord, we know that that life is in your hands and we don't give up ever, never, ever. And we trust you to the very end. And we know that your hand is upon our lives as we, the hardest situations are the easiest situations. And so those that have loved ones in the hospital right now, those that are facing serious cancer treatments, when the doctors say there's no hope, we, God, know that at the extremity of man, is the extraordinary power of God. And may we look to you for strength and hope today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys for this first half, and we'll be right back on the, after a quick break. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm grateful to be with you.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, welcome. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Glad you joined the second half of the program today. And I really do believe that was from the Lord uh, just before the break to pray for those of you that have these dire circumstances with loved ones in the hospital or in a rehab hospital or a convalescent home where it seems like people have given up hope or um, you know turned and went a really difficult way. And I just want God to restore hope to you, uh, just trusting the Lord in all that He has for you, good or bad, trusting Him with your loved one. Don't listen to all the negativity, but rather abide in Christ, and let him be your strength. 303-690-3000. We're going to come back to Colorado now. Kiowa. Lewis, welcome to the program.
2: Hello, Ed. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good.
3: What can I do my for you? My
2: question is, um, my stepson grew up, born to uh, new life church and accepted Christ as his Savior. And his wife went to church. I don't know if she accepted Jesus or not, but now they're in their 30s in that, and they have turned away from Jesus, and they think, everybody that dies, no matter what you do, you'll become a god. Now, I was wondering, is that a forgiven sin, what they did, and can I change change them back to Jesus?
3: Well, you know, there's a good chance, the way you just described their situation, that they never really were born again to begin with, uh, yeah. because they, now as we watch their life over time, we realize that they are not—they're not living as born again, as born again, um, as a born again couple. And so, what we do now is we evangelize them because we don't know if they've—if they've crossed the thing about the unforgivable sin, which is very important to realize, is we don't know who has committed it, so we can. Yeah. We can, <clears throat> excuse me, treat everyone uh, as if we can. We're evangelizing them and loving them. If they say they're a believer, we'll treat them like a believer. If they say and act like they're an unbeliever, then we'll treat them like an unbeliever. Um, but we don't know. I don't know if they've committed the unforgivable sin, and I don't want to know. I just want to yeah. c- keep hope, trust them, love them, call them to repentance, call them back to that profession of faith they had when they were younger. Um, and and pray for them that they might come to their senses. Like, if, if they were saved and they're wandering right now, then I need to pray that they come back like the prodigal son. If they were never really saved to begin with, their heart is probably a little bit harder than it was back then in that false profession, and I just need to keep evangelizing them. If they've crossed the line of no return, that's of no consequence to me because I'm not God, and you aren't yeah. either. And so, yes, you can keep loving them, evangelizing them, and being used of God as a tool to draw them to Himself.
2: Thank you. That explains quite a bit. I'll stay on them.
3: Amen. Do it. Until until your last breath. Love them in Jesus' name.
2: And I'd love to give praises to the Lord. A year ago, my wife and I were both with COVID.
3: Really? What happened? How bad was it?
2: Well, I was hospitalized for five days, and I have less than one lung.
3: Oh, no. And how bad and was it for your wife? She
2: was in for nine days, and she was up to 30 liters of oxygen. on wow. the ventilator, and she kept saying no.
3: That's a serious thing. And yeah. here you are today. God
2: and it was spared you. And was through the prayers to God that we came to her.
3: You know, there were a lot of serious—speaking um, of the ICU and hope, um, I visited a man by the name of Joman uh, in the hospital in Castle Rock— uh, he attends the Calvary down there, and his wife uh, is connected to Grace FM, so I went down and visited, uh, and and he was out of it. He was in a coma in the hospital, in the ICU, and it, it was dire. It was difficult, but his wife never gave up hope. We never gave up hope for him, and Joman is up and alive. I mean, he's got some breathing problems still, but I just got an email from his wife, Kim, that says, hey, Joman wants to visit the church and take you out to lunch, and I said, free lunch? Of course! I would love that! But God was very gracious. COVID kicked his tail, and we were all scared and praying for him. Our church was praying for him. Radio was praying for him. And like you, we give glory to God that your life is spared, and there are still years to be used for his glory.
2: Well, thank you very much.
3: Bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye 303 is the number... Uh, I think of another, uh, just while it's on my mind, I think of another brother uh, in Georgia who also was put into a coma with complications from COVID, uh, and he too has made a full recovery. Great testimony. He's a son of a pastor uh, in uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia. He's a pastor himself, uh, and his name is Zach Adams. We were praying for him at the same time we were praying for Joman, and he's got a long road to recovery, but he's back in the pulpit. (laughs) Uh, He's back with his wife and kids. His wife never gave up on him. His mom and dad never gave up on him. And now he's got a tremendous testimony of God's faithfulness. But it was scary. Um, they're, They're releasing more and more of the details of just... They didn't share how bad it was along the way. But after the fact, now they're releasing more and more of the details. It was way worse than even was being said. But I believe God, in His grace... Uh, I mean, I know in his grace, he spared the life of Zach, and I'm so encouraged by um, the hope that was displayed by his wife, never, ever gave up hope, his mom and dad, who I'm friends with, uh, and and here he is back. It's so cool. Um, as a matter of fact, if you want to read his story, um, calvarymagazine.org, calvarychapelmagazine.org, I don't know which, has run a series of stories about Zach from his mom's perspective, his dad's perspective, and I think Zach's perspective. I'm not sure. It may not be completely done yet, uh, but there are some a series of stories on their life story that might give you hope and encouragement. Again, you know, the topic of being in a coma is a very hard one, but I'll tell you one thing that's not going to help is when you give up hope and you treat them like they're not alive. It just doesn't even make sense. 303 690 3,000 is the number. Over to South Carolina now. Jackie, welcome to the program.
5: How are you this evening?
3: I'm fantastic. How's it going in Charleston?
5: It's great. It's going to be cold tomorrow, but it's great right now. Okay, hold on
3: a second. (laughs) What's cold for you?
5: Well, to me, cold is, you know, 30.
3: Okay, that's cold. Yes. Is it Get that cold in Charleston?
5: (laughs) Yes. Yes, sir, it does.
3: Does it snow there?
5: No, very rarely. See, if it snowed, it wouldn't be so bad. Really? Yeah, at least we'd have something to look at.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But it gets cold because of the humidity.
5: Yes, that's exactly
3: right. Yeah, I've got a really good friend in Charleston pastoring there. Uh, A couple friends, actually, but um, I didn't even think that it would get down to 30 there. That's cold. Yes, sir. It
5: doesn't stay that way. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it was 10 degrees yesterday. It was 16 on the way into the office today, and it was 10 and snowed (laughs) here yesterday.
5: Oh, wow. Yeah, you can keep that cold.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jackie, how can I help you?
5: Um, My question is in regards to the spirit world. Um, Growing up, it's a real long history, but growing up, my dad was an alcoholic. And, um, you know, just saw some things growing up that weren't conducive for children to see. Like, you know, I mean, you just see things like pure evil, you know. And then... My brother now is 47 years old okay. and has four children. And there's still a very, very intense spirit presence up there in, in, the, in the house.
3: Okay. And he's
5: on drugs. Uh-huh. And my mom, I mean, he's 47. He shouldn't be living in the house with my mom and dad. Of course. But he had, a, you know, he fell on some rough times and that's your child. I don't yeah. know what I would do. I don't have children, so I can't tell her. But now she feels like she's enabled him, and she feels guilty, and she used to have the joy. And I keep telling her, we have the power through Christ. I mean, he gave us. I mean, we got we got to get rid of the spirit. I mean, we've got yeah. to get rid of him. Because my brother is not my brother. He is calling my mom all kinds of names. And he sees what he calls little trolls. That okay. he says that it's, demons. Yeah. And my niece or yeah, his daughter, his youngest daughter, sees things too. And I've never heard of that. I don't understand it. I can't imagine growing up with that and how he, you know, has been. But he is a Christian. That's why I don't I don't understand how this and if they can be oppressive to Christians that they sure. can possess that.
3: Well, you know, I think the the a couple of things to think about. Number one, uh, the demonic realm is real. Yeah, uh, The devil doesn't come except to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, we, we're instructed in the Scriptures about spiritual warfare and the necessity of being alert, and as your your brother's learning, to be sober-minded, um, not to open ourselves up to the demonic world, not to open ourselves up to the influence or oppression Um I don't know the soul condition of your brother, but the way you describe his life, it really sounds like he's not a real believer. That there's a very good there's a very good chance that he's possessed uh, and opened himself to the possession by the demonic world, which is really key, which is really primary and secondary, oppressing him and bringing the presence into the home. Um, there's just a heaviness and a darkness.
5: I, I just, I mean, we grew up. I mean, I know. I mean, he would say things when we were little, like you know, he sees things or whatever. Of but, course. Yeah, you know, we just uh, well, But he fell on a time where his he, he he's married or he was married. He has four children, and he got he had an accident, and yeah. he he was at one point on top of the world making sure. all this money, and
1: mm.
5: well, and then his wife they had fallen out, and they are now no longer together. But yeah. four children to it, and he kind of like flipped completely, just completely flipped over. But I know, I know him.
3: Well, I would definitely call him.
5: Last time I went, I said, I prayed on the way up the mountain. I said, okay, God, here it is. Whatever it is, it's got to bow. It it can't, it can't, I know it can't harm me, but I needed to be strong. And I needed, of course. And my brother and I have always fought every time I have come and I've never, I stopped going because of him. Yes. First time, he did not one time open his mouth to me, curse me, or anything. He was soft, to me, but hard to mom and dad.
3: Well, let's pray for him. Please. Father, I, mom, what's your mom's, mom's name?
5: My mom's name is Ohenia. Ohenia? Ohenia. It's oh. Eugenia.
3: Eugenia. But
5: she's been the best mom in the entire world uh-huh. and doesn't deserve to.
3: Well, Father, I pray for this precious woman who is the best mom in the world, who doesn't deserve to go through the difficulty she's had throughout the years. Lord, we know it's only by your grace that we get to sidestep some of these pains, and, and you've seen fit to put this young man—I um, mean, 47 years old—but this young man into his, his mom's life, and it's been painful. I pray you would bring him to a place of repentance— that you would deliver him from the oppression of these demonic spirits and the darkness of this home. I pray that, Lord, that if he is truly a believer, he would walk in the newness of life and leave his rebellious, unrepentant life behind. God, I don't know the condition of his soul, but I also ask by Holy Spirit that if he only made a profession as a faith, even though he's raised in the church, but he was never truly born again, that he would repent and, rec- yeah. and receive the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of his sins and surrender and yield his life to following you. Nevertheless, Lord, I pray for Jackie, who feels like she's kind of in the middle of it, um, that you would establish her and strengthen her and keep her strong to be a strong voice of truth and reason in a very out-of-control family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
5: Thank you so much.
3: All right, sister. God bless you. God Bye-bye. bless you. Sometimes some shows are heavier than others, and I know that when you hear these heavy shows, it, it it brings about a lot in your own heart and mind. and And yet, this is the thing. Okay, you ready? We've got to face the heavy things just like we face the light things, and acknowledge. You know, if you're even thinking through a, a, of this show a little bit heavy, I didn't plan on speaking about my son or that topic, but I can see the after near death experiences and stuff just kind of brought up these memories of the battle that was happening in that hospital room, a battle that should have never taken place, ever, never, ever. And just thinking of all the layers of complexity and difficulty that we as believers really do walk with. Believers are not immune to the difficulties of life. And it might give us compassion and empathy for our neighbor and our friend and our coworker who also are going through difficult times, and some of them with no relationship with God. Imagine that. Here we are, as hard as it is for us, with hope. How about our friends who have no hope? And may the church be that arm of empathy in the world today, that we would love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And um, it's just so vital that we grow in the grace of God and that we, we find ourselves in a place of submission, um, to him, that we deny ourselves, and we take up our cross, and we follow him, and there's just no is no other way. There just is no, um, there there is no um, way around it. And because we were talking to Jackie, um, and where our attention is drawn to Charleston, I just want to give uh, a shout out to my friend Pastor Richard and his wife Kelly Peria. Uh, who serve faithfully at the Calvary Chapel there in Charleston. Um, I know that the Lord is doing great things there, uh, and I know that um, in all that God is doing, um, bless you guys. We love you guys. We miss you in Colorado. Um, and, but I know what a great work you're doing there, uh, how the Lord is using you guys if you're looking for a great church, Calvary Chapel in Charleston. I also want to give a shout-out to my friend Josh Claiborne, uh, and his wife, Jessica, who is the pastor of Calvary Chapel, West Ashley. Also, I believe, I think a suburb of Charleston, I think it's in Charleston somewhere. Um, so I want to give you guys a shout out as well. Um, it's, it's, it's a place I've never visited yet, but what a great, what a neat thing that we get to be on the radio, uh, connected to you from here, Um in Colorado. I know you have, of course, you have great connections with Calvary South Denver, where Pastor Jonathan uh, and his wife are there uh, ministering the gospel. So 303-690-3000 is the number. Where are we going to go now? We're heading to Tennessee. Jeffrey, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you for having me. I, I have a prayer request from my wife. Okay. She just recently went to the doctor and found out that her blood platelets were low. Okay. And that can lead to all kinds of other things. Okay. But she trusts God and she loves God, but Mm. I can still tell that she's a little worried about it. And I'm going to have a prayer request from my
3: wife. What's her name? Jennifer. All right. Father, we pray for Jennifer right now. So grateful that she has a husband that loves her, Uh, intercedes for her, stands in the gap on her behalf. And so we agree right now with Jeffrey and with the Holy Spirit. We agree as Jesus, you take our prayers and you fashion and mold them into your will. We pray, God, for the fear and anxiety that this new diagnosis has brought. We pray for a a healing God of this body that isn't operating properly. Um, And we pray, God, for a peace that passes all understanding as they face this crisis together that you might bring healing and strength that is amazingly uh, and wonderfully a gift of grace from you. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you, Pastor. That means so much to me. Thank Hmm. you.
3: You're welcome, Jeffrey. Be sure to keep us up to date, would you please?
2: Yes, I will.
3: Okay, thank you, Jeffrey. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Debbie from Georgia, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Thank you're, you. You're welcome. You're on the air.
6: Oh, okay. Um, Just had two questions, and I don't know exactly where it is in the Bible, but in the Bible it talks about, you know, when you're saved and you're dying, that even though the angels are unaware of, You're unaware of the angels. A lot of times you're ushered into heaven by angels.
3: Yeah, I think that um, this is something that has um, sort of been developed over the years from from a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 16, in verse 22. Let me read it to you. Luke 16, verse 22. Let me click here. It says... Uh, and so it was. The beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And so many will take this passage and have developed a doctrine that angels now accompany us into the presence of the Lord. Um, so what I what I think this this. What this passage teaches us is that it certainly has happened and it certainly can happen, but there is no scripture spe- specifically that says it always does happen. Does yeah, that make sense? Then,
6: I can't remember what scripture. It said, even though they may be unaware.
3: Well, in Hebrews, it talks about enter- not entertaining strangers um, because there is a. You know the 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 reality of you might be ministering to an angel unaware, um, uh-huh. but it's not that doesn't really connect to an angel accompanying us into heaven.
6: Okay. All right. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. As <laughs> long as we know that's where we're going. Yes. Whether we ask on there or there Jesus meets us or whatever. We have no worries. That, that I just heard that and I thought, well, I had never heard it before. Or I had never read it paid it any
3: attention. Well, I think it's but a great it's a, it's a great question. Let me just look up that passage. Entertain. It says, um, uh, "This is the New King James because I think we're quoting it from the Old King James." But the New King James says, "Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly, which I think is the unaware in the Old King unaw- James, uh-huh. unwittingly entertained angels." So, right.
6: right. So, yeah, I've read that one too. Yep. And he was. He was talking about. Oh, I'm not. You need to get to another call, don't you?
3: Uh, no, you can follow up. We we got okay. time.
6: Um, they were talking about the COVID. Uh, there, uh, our radio station that I listen to out of Ridgefield, Georgia. Yes, they are a wonderful, wonderful Christian station. Yes. Okay, they're all Christians. There's three of them that work there. And the man, um, when COVID came out, when the man um, got sick, um, he stayed in a coma, and then they had to learn how to feed him and all that. Yes. Um, He was in the hospital. He's a pastor, and he was in the hospital almost a year, and they thought, he was going to die and all, but he didn't. That's right, he didn't. um, I know it. An old thing now, not but a year and a half old. But in the meantime, his wife and his son got it, and they died
3: oh, before he
6: regained consciousness.
3: Oh, that stinks.
6: So, yeah. Oh, but he—he's so a pastor, that. and he's doing—he does the ball games too, and okay. he said just he couldn't hardly believe that it was a year ago he was still in ICU, and now he's on the hmm. radio and out there. Um, broadcasting the ball game and all, oh, wow. so the, the good Lord had a purpose for him too. Yeah. But it was just so sad when he woke it up is. that he had to be told that his son and his wife were gone.
3: Oh, so hard. Well, thanks yeah, for sharing that testimony. Bless you, sister.
6: You too. All right, bye bye. All right talking. Bye bye.
3: All right, three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. We're going to come back to Colorado now. Denver, Diana, welcome to the program. Good. How are you doing?
1: Good. My uh, prayer request also is a testimony, real quick. Okay. I w- witnessed to a, a gentleman on Verizon, and all I know is his first name is Robert, and he lives in Florida. Okay. And I was able to witness to him, and he accepted the Lord as his personal Savior.
3: <laughs> That's great.
1: Isn't that awesome?
3: It is anyway, awesome.
1: Uh, yeah. To God be all the glory, and I when we I was so excited, you know that. I didn't, I forgot to uh, tell him that he needed to tell somebody, he needs, you know, to testify and tell somebody what he did. I forgot that. And then I also forgot to tell him to get in a church, you know, get in a a church that is, you know, teaches the word of God. And and so I've really, really been praying for him. And I just would like a harvest, you know, that that God would just touch his heart in a mighty way. And that, you know, he's, he's, uh, I don't know, I just just still led to pray for this man. You know, I, I don't even know
3: him. That's powerful. And I just want to assure you that God will send the right people into his life, just like we see in the book of Acts. There were people that would make a profession of faith or follow the teachings of John the Baptist, and God. we have recorded for us God sending mature believers in to continue the process of gain, of of a person that's born again, receiving knowledge and understanding. I think of the time where uh, the, the the Holy Spirit came upon and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they hadn't known about that doctrine but God sent um, I forget who it is now it's not on the top of my head mm-hmm. sent someone to teach them what they didn't know and I know that God can do that in this person's life he can t- send them send him people that yes. will help him with things he doesn't yes. yet know
1: Amen, thank you I receive that and thank you so much
3: Uh, Father, I do pray uh, for this uh, Verizon tech and the profession of faith that that there was a true, real, genuine repentance of sin, and even though some things were left unsaid, uh, what was said was powerful and wonderful and led to a prayer and a surrender, at least on the phone. So I pray it was real, that he'll continue to grow in your grace, and that, God, you continue to use Diana by faith in the many lives you bring to her, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you. Thank All you right. so much. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye.
3: So last week, uh, because this this program is de- aired at one-week delay, our friends on Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock Radio are hearing my call for the um, uh, lightning round of things to be thankful for. And I'm noticing right now the texts are coming in, uh, and I want to read them to end the program, so I can honor what I said last week for the audience that are hearing it today. And so things that you're thankful for, I've got a bunch of texts from around the country. One is, I'm thankful that God, that he didn't take his life in September. I'm thankful that Jesus loves everyone and his blood is available uh, to anyone that will believe. Uh, I'm thankful for the Bible. Listen, I'm thankful for all the struggles that strengthened me into the strong and grateful woman I am today. I'm thankful for our Lord and Savior. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm still holding on to God, screaming hallelujah. I'm thankful for fervent prayer. I'm thankful for His grace and His mercy. Again, I know it's one week delayed, but you'll hear this next time that we honored everyone that texted in We agreed with you on your opportunities of thanksgiving and even the thanksgiving that came through the program today. uh, We are to be a thankful people and may God only enlarge our hearts to be more thankful and less complaining, less murmuring. Here's another one. I'm thankful for my apartment and my family. Um, And here's one. I'm thankful for the Los Angeles Dodgers. (laughs) That's a wonderful one. That's great. Me too. Me too. Uh, But yes, I got the producers laughing in there. They're going to mess up and hit the wrong button. Um, But again, on a more serious note, we truly are thankful. We're thankful for the small things, and we're thankful for the big things. And and even the sister, we're thankful for all the struggles. Um, That's not easy to say, and it's actually not even easy to feel. But the Lord is faithful, and all that God has allowed— uh, into our lives is made us who we are today. It's built our faith. It's caused us to cry out to Him. And yeah, of course, we don't want it. We'd prefer not to have it. Yes, yes, and yes. But it is the life that we live and it causes us to grow. And here's Kim texting in, um, thankful for the saving grace on him from COVID. And we are thankful that Joman is alive and well. And I look forward to my schedule allowing us to connect once again, this time over a meal. Bless you guys. See us service tonight, 7 o'clock, Genesis 19. Join us here, calvaryco.church or online.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.